Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Morning Church, everybody doing good? Alright, woohoo! Hey, welcome if you're watching online. We're so glad you guys are joining us as we continue our series, Upgrade. And, um, man, you know, this is a new year, and I know a lot of you guys may be... Uh, has set some goals, and you wanted to kind of raise the bar in some areas. So, you know, we're, what, you know, a few weeks in. So uh, many guys may have already established a pretty good pattern, made a pretty good schedule, made a pretty good routine to where you feel like, you know what, hey, I'm doing this. And then some of you guys made it about two days and quit, right? You know, I mean, just be honest. You know, some people, you know, we set goals. Maybe you call them New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call them. But a lot of times we just kind of we kind of lose lose energy or we lose focus. And, you know, hey, we, we had good intentions, and uh, it just didn't happen. So hopefully, those of you guys that are, man, you're, you're on track, you're still moving, you're, you're tracking right along, you're going, hey, you know what, man, this was a great decision. And there's some things that contribute to that. You know, I don't know about you guys, but there's, uh, there's things foundationally that we have to establish. You know, if you ever coached a sport or anything like that, certain things you teach that are just kind of basics, they're foundations, you know. Um, you know, don't take a play off, you know, if you're, if you're going to do this. Give it your best. You know, perfect practice makes perfect play, not practice makes perfect, right? So it has to be, you have to practice it the right way to do it the right way. And so there are things that we, we work at that if we do them consistently, it will raise the bar. It will bring us to the next level. And so we're in a series upgrade. So today we're going to look at part two, if you will, of prayer life. Last week we talked about upgrading my prayer life. And, and fasting is one of those things that we can do to really break through. Uh, it's an intentional time. It's a time of relinquishing the natural for the supernatural. But there are some things that we need to do that are basic foundational things and we can kind of get away from those things and uh, i don't know about you but like i said you know in, in sports there's certain things you do you know I, i've coached through the years uh, different sports and stuff and little league and all that kind of stuff but there's certain things you tell kids that you, t- you tell them every practice uh, number one is be on time right you want them to be on time we know the kids can't drive but we tell them to be on time and then you know hey one thing we always talk about hey leave it leave the field better than you found it those are little things you tell them every day but, like, if you're coaching baseball, it's, hey, you know, keep the ball in front of you. You know, watch the ball in or whatever. If you're playing football, you're a receiver, you want to watch the ball in and then tuck it. So you'll practice those things over and over, trying to establish something that they get it, you know, they got it. So I think sometimes with our prayer life, there are things that, you know, we, we, we hear things and we know, you know what, that's, that's probably right. That's what I should do. But we don't seem to apply them. We don't, they don't just, they don't click. And so one reason you do things over and over and over and over again is you're hoping that, number one, it'll stick at some point or it'll click. And I've, I've thought about, for me, how many times I had to hear the gospel before I put my faith in Christ. You know, I mean, I, I heard about Jesus when I was young, man, growing up, different ages. But at 19, it's like it clicked. You know, maybe my mind finally got my mind, my heart around it, you know, whatever. But all these many years, I, I kept trying to earn salvation or try to be better or I try to clean my life up and there came one point where I, it clicked and I was like you know what it's faith man it's faith in Jesus not anything else and so maybe for some of you maybe that's where you are you're you're going you know what man I've, I've been taught about prayer I've learned a lot of things about prayer but man it's, it just hasn't clicked yet so my prayer today is that maybe for the first time for some of you it's going to click and you go you know what that's what I need to be doing you know and, and so when we talk about prayer there's there's acrostics you can use. We, you know, one I share often is Acts, and it's an old one. It's uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's kind of like a pattern, if you will. 
or it's really it's kind of based on the, the model prayer that we see that Jesus gave. You know, adoration, we're, we're praising God for who He is. Confession, we're confessing our sins. Uh, T is uh, thanksgiving. We give thanks for all that He's done in our life. And there's a lot to be thankful for. And supplication is us, you know, bringing our requests and our, 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 our supplication before the Lord. Praying for others, praying for ourselves. And so those are things that we do. And we know this is important. Like last week we looked at this passage here. It says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying... And as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. So, you know, the disciples saw all that Jesus did. And, man, they knew, you know, there's something about prayer, and we need to know how to do that. You know, they, we, we need to know how to do that. So they wanted to be able to pray, and they wanted to be able to pray passionately, fervently, the way that they had seen Jesus pray. And, and, and I, there was a statement last week, and I love this statement, which says, without air we die physically, without prayer we die spiritually. You know, and, and I believe what happens is, you know, if we go a few days without spending time in God's Word or spending time in prayer, we begin to erode spiritually. Now, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. I don't want you to misunderstand that. But I don't know about you, but there are times whenever I miss a few days of maybe spending time in God's Word, uh, my attitude gets a little maybe Yankee. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just it's not what it should be. And maybe I'm a little sharp with my words. And so Laurie and I... We, uh, we, you know, maybe we do this kind of uh, backhanded, maybe it's uh, passive-aggressive, I don't know, but there are times whenever we will be, you know, maybe kind of doing life, and, and uh, I may kind of get sharp, and she'll say, you had a quiet time? You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, hey, what, what are you saying? You know, and, she, and half the time she's right. You know, maybe I've gone, I missed quiet time a day or two. Or, or maybe she'll kind of have an attitude, and I'm like, hey, have you had a quiet time? You know, and that, that may be backhanded, but I'm just saying there's a lot of truth in that. And you guys know this, I mean... You know, we miss one day with God, God knows it. We miss two days with God, we know it. We miss three days, everybody else knows it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how it works. And so what often happens is whenever I give up spending time in prayer, I begin to struggle because I start beginning to lean into the flesh more than I lean into the spirit. And it begins to show up in how I react to people and how I talk to people and how, you know, I think. And so it's important for all of us to go, you know, God, I need to be intentional about protecting my time in prayer. And I think most of us in the room, we know that. Like I said, there's a lot that we're going to cover today that you're going to go, this is stuff I know. So it's not like it's going to be this epiphany, but it could be if you apply it. And that's the big thing. A lot of times we hear great things. We go, man, that's a great point. That's a great message. That's a great whatever. But if you don't apply it, you miss out on the real blessing that it could be. And so one of the things that we can do is we can start, uh, start your prayer time by reading a psalm or praying scripture. You, you know, if maybe you're looking for, uh, hey, I need a little help because my prayer life, I feel like I'm in a desert. You know, I feel like uh, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. I just need a little bit of help. We talked about, like I said last week, fasting can be something that can kind of give us that breakthrough moment. But there are some things that we need to do consistently. Prayer, prayer, uh, fasting is for a season. You know, we said it last week. We pray and we ask God, God, you know, when do you want me to start? What do you want me to give up? And then when do I end? But praying is something that we don't do seasonally. It's something we do consistently. And, and so it's something that we're to be about. And so one of the things that we can do is we can start our prayer time by reading a psalm or praying scripture. Uh, I've got a lady in the church that, that prays scripture over me and our church every day. She sends me text nearly every day praying scripture over us and, and, and claiming those verses. I've got a, another lady gave me a, a, a card that I love this. And it, what it did is it personalizes the scripture um, to me. And, and so this was, this was Ephesians 3.17. It says, I pray that you, Mike, puts my name in there. Uh, being rooted and established in love may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Isn't that cool, man? So, so and there's a whole stack of cards in the scriptures where it has my name in there. Maybe something you ought to look into, and maybe each time, each day that you do prayer, you begin to pray that scripture, but you pray with you, and you're going, God, I need this in my life. And so we can pray, we can pray scripture, we can read a psalm, and, and it begins that adoration, that time of adoration of praising God for who He is. And when we read a psalm, what we've got to do is we've got to be willing to ask, you know, God, show me in this psalm that David is writing or whoever is writing, God, how does this apply to my relationship with you, and how does this apply to my relationship with Christ? And so God... Help me to claim these verses and to literally apply the text, to apply the truth. So let's look at a couple here. It says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? And who can ever praise Him enough? I mean, just reading that, that psalm, you're, you're able to go, You know, God, you're showing me you know, things here about you, and who can praise you enough? When we begin to realize who we're praying to, who we're meeting with, man, I mean, if you could just get your mind around who you're meeting with whenever you spend time in prayer, man, that's powerful. I mean, it begins to change the way you look at things. You know, for most of us, if we were meeting with someone really important, I'm talking about like maybe high ranking or really somebody really important, we would think about, hey, what we look like, how, what we're going to say and all these things. We would put a lot more effort into that. But oftentimes we take prayer for granted. We just kind of flippantly go about it rather than approaching it with a plan you know one of the things that i if i'm meeting with the elders i try to have an agenda if i'm meeting with the staff i try to have an agenda to make sure hey this is what we're trying to cover we want, we want to communicate you know well and, and so if i'm meeting with god then i ought to be even more intentional than i am with anybody else that you know what what i do and how i do it is thought out and that i'm bringing the very best that i can i'm meeting with the god of the universe you know what i'm saying i'm meeting with the the son of god i'm meeting with the holy spirit i'm meeting with them and it ought to be important. Look at this, this one here. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in Him. Man, you, just, you're speaking that to God as you're praying. And in your time, you're going, you know, God, this gives me focus. And God, I, I realize who I'm talking to. And so the more that we adore Him, the more that we praise Him, the more that we begin to realize, you know what, this is an important meeting. This is an important time. And, and so as we're, as we're praying, as we're walking through that, man, as you're praying Scripture, you begin to understand what God has to say. And here's the thing. Too often, our, our, our lives are driven by what we hear outside of God's Word, by the media, by social media, by, you know, by other people, by people who are living not according to God's Word, but according to the flesh. And we let their decisions and how they think and how they talk about things determine how we're going to live and it really shouldn't be that way you know it should be god i want to hear from you and so as we begin our time of prayer we we pray scripture over this and here's another one we've got to pray with a pure heart we've got to pray with a pure heart you know the bible says you know your prayers go unanswered because you regard iniquity in your heart you hold on to sin and, there, and there's many of us that you know we we kind of flippantly approach prayer well here's the thing was when we flippantly approach prayer what we do is we often have sin that we're hanging on to and god's god's word is clear that god desires a a pure heart and the only way that we can have a pure heart is not by be, me being good enough not by be me working hard or trying more but it's by receiving god's only gift that will wash away my sins and that's the blood of christ by receiving the gift of salvation through jesus christ by faith in him
And whenever I put my faith in Him, He cleanses me, He washes me, and it gives me that opportunity to have that pure heart. But here's the thing, there are things that creep back into my life, and we have to confess that as sin and say, God, I want to ask you to forgive me. I love it whenever we confess things, He is faithful and just He will forgive us, right? And so we've got to go to the Lord with a pure heart. Look at what it says here in Psalms. It says, the earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Think about that. It's talking about God just spoke everything into existence. Even now, even today, with all the technology we have, barely can man get to the ocean depths, but yet God spoke it into existence. It says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Some of you might go, never tell lies? I don't know if I can make it there. But the thing is, is what that says is, you know what, that God looks for a pure heart. He he wants someone who is going, God, I want to line up with your word. God, I want to honor you. I want to live for you. We we call ourselves Christians, and oftentimes Christians are more, more focused on this world and fitting in with this world than they are on following Christ. And we've got to be willing to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to honor you. And, and, and when we do that, we can make an incredible difference in this world. We can, we can be his hands and his feet. We can be about his business. And so we've got to get our mind around that, God, I, I, want to, I want to know you. I want to spend time with you. So who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I want, to, I want you to show me. What in my life is keeping me from being pure? You know, I often encourage people to spend time praying, asking God, God, show me what in me is offensive to you. I'm not worried about offensive to this world, God. I'm worried about what's offensive to you. And so when we ask those things, and I'll just, say, I'll just tell you this, for me, a lot of times I don't even have to ask God. I already know what they are. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you already know, you know what, this is sin in my life. God knows it. I know it. But we're, we're, we're trying to justify it. And we've got to be willing to say, God... I want to ask you to forgive me. God, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it's... That's what confession is. You're agreeing with God. God, this is sin. He already knows it, right? We're confessing it to him. God, it's sin. And then repentance. God, I want to turn from this. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to hang on to this. I don't want this anger in my life. I don't want this bitterness in my life. I don't want this hatred in my life. God, I, I want to know you and I want to walk in holiness. I want to be set apart. I want to be a light. I want to live for you. I want my life to matter. Not just going through the motions. Not just saying that I'm a Christian and living like hell. I mean, God, I want to live like you, and, and I want to follow Jesus. I want to live like he did. That ought to be our mentality. It says they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Here's what I love. I don't know about you, but, man, I, I want to receive God's blessings. Number one, so I can be a channel of blessing. You know, and I don't know about you, but maybe, you know, you're one of those where you go, man, I want God's blessings, but it can be to the point of where you just want everything. You're not sure you want everybody else to have it. But God says, hey, listen, man, I want to bless all people. Even the unjust, man, he gives them rain, right? That's what Scripture says. And so we've got to say, God, I, I, I want to be a blessing, and I want to receive your blessings. I want to know that I'm in right standing. But, God, I want to be able to bless others. I believe that God gives some people, some of you guys have the gift of giving. And God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to others. You know, one of the cool minute, uh, cool things that we have going on right now or every year is the big give. And we just kind of finalized that. And I know we just sent a letter out this week with everybody's tithe statements where you guys have given. And we appreciate you guys being faithful to tithe and give to God's kingdom. But because of some gifts that came in, 
our big give offering ended up being $100,000. Most it's ever been by a long shot. And so God is worthy of praise on that. But that's also because you guys said, you know what, I want to be a blessing. I want to, I mean, $100,000 just doesn't happen. And so people were willing to sacrifice and give so they could be a blessing to someone. I'm just telling you, there's some church, there's some missionary, there's some, somebody somewhere that we're going to be able to purchase a Bible and put it in their hand. There's going to be some missionary that we're going to be able to help them buy something or do something that will allow them to share the gospel in a more effective way. So we as a church have an opportunity to do that. But it's because you guys said, you know what, we want to be a part of a blessing. We want to bless people and ministries that are proclaiming God's word. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for having that heart. Look at this one here, this passage here out of Proverbs. It says, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. God loves it when we, we choose the right things. God loves it when whenever we want to honor him, we want to walk him in, in righteousness. And, and we don't want to just fit in with our buddies. We don't want to just fit in with the crowd. He, it says he detests it when people live that way. But man, he loves it, loves it. And so he wants to see you and he wants to see me set apart. He wants, to, he wants to see us living out our faith and being a light in a dark world. That's what God desires. And, and so when we look at that passage, we go, that's wisdom. That's Proverbs, right? That's wisdom. Look at this. So we are lying. This is out of First John. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not participating. We are not practicing the truth. And so here, this passage is pretty clear. You know, if we say that, hey, listen, man. You know, I'm a Christian, but yet I'm living like whatever, whatever the world says is okay, not according to God's word, says so it's not the truth. So, if we're li- so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God. Well, you just got through reading a passage about, talks about, you know, that God does not desire lying, right? And I don't know about you, but most people don't like liars. You don't trust them, right? You don't, you don't, they, they, you, you don't, not sure if they're telling the truth. I had a friend of mine growing up, that guy would lie, lie if the truth fit better. And, you would, and we would go to him and say, man, why are you lying to us, man? I mean, you don't have to impress us. You don't have to say that. Just be you, man. We love you the way you are. And I'm just telling you, there, there are times that you want to impress people that you're willing to lie. And God says, that's not you. You're better than that. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be a person of truth. Now, you don't have to be so truthful that you're hurtful, but you speak the truth in love. And you love people and you speak the truth and, and you walk in that truth and you walk in that light. Well, then here's the thing. People begin to go, you know what? You can trust them. And they'll trust your word and they'll trust your witness and they'll trust your words about Jesus more so than they will if they know, you know what? You're just a liar who always claims to be a Christian. So th- this is a strong word here. But it says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. So the way that we're made right with God is because of our faith in what Christ has done. It's what Jesus did. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us and makes us in right standing with God. It's not anything that I brought to the table. You know, I talked about it earlier. I heard the gospel so many times. But at 19 years of age, it clicked. And either in my, my mind or in my heart, I realize, you know what? It's what Jesus did. It's the, it's the blood of Christ. It is God's grace. It is not me earning it. It's not me working. It's not me being better. It's not me being more disciplined. It is me surrendering. And whenever I chose to surrender my life to Christ, that's when I was saved. That's when I was redeemed. That's when I, I began to live. And I'm just telling you, too often we're, we're, we're focused on the wrong things. And we've got to say, God, I, I want what you have for me. 
Look at this next part. It says, we claim we have no sin. We, only, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Let me, let me tell you what I've seen people many times whenever I've been sharing my faith with them. And I'll ask them, hey, have you ever given your life to Christ? Have you ever been born again? Have you ever been redeemed? Have you ever taken that step, you know, from death unto life? And they'll go, Mike, man, I was raised in the church. Is that what I ask them? Not at all, right? You know, I mean, I'll say, hey, listen, there, there has to be a point. There has to be a birth, a spiritual birth that takes place. You haven't always been a Christian. And I'll have people say, that. man, I've always been a Christian. There's no such thing. You know, if, if you're, everybody could always be a Christian, Jesus died for no reason. And why would God do that with his son? And so the thing is, is there comes a point where you, re, you realize, you know what? Man, I, I was a sinner. I needed to be saved. And I put my faith in Christ and I received the gift of salvation. But there's something, look, it says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. He's going, man, you missed it, dude. You've missed it. I mean, I, I, I joke about this, but, you know, it's like saying, hey, listen, man, you know, I, I've, I've been to McDonald's all my life. Well, you don't turn into a McNugget either, do you? I mean, you have to have a point of change, man. And, and so as a believer, we put our faith in Christ, and there's a birth that takes place. And, and the Bible says that the Spirit, Holy Spirit is placed within us. As, see, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. But we have a deposit within us that says, hey, that's mine. God says, that's mine. Look at this last part here. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So God will give us that pure heart. Whenever we confess our sins, and here's the thing, we repent, we lay it down, we leave it there, he cleanses us. And then here's the thing, we get to approach that throne of grace. We get to pray. We get to intercede. We get to, we get to stand in the gap for our family and for our friends and, and those around us who are hurting. Look at this next statement here. Pray specifically. See, I think it's important that we pray specific prayers because oftentimes we'll pray these vague prayers. God, we'll just be with everybody that's sick. Why don't you pick some people out that are sick? You know, because here's the thing. There's a lot of sick people. We're in a pandemic, right? So what we do is we pick out people that are, that are sick and, and say, God, I want to pray for them. And we pray for whatever that, that need might be. If somebody going through a financial struggle and we go, God, just be with all the people out there that are struggling. Well, God, why don't we pick out a few people here and you show me who you want me to pray for, God. And, and so we begin to pray. For, and so instead of just texting, hey, praying for you, we go, you know what? I'm going to write them down and I'm going to pray for them because they've given a need. And I want to pray specifically for that need. There's a passage in Matthew that we see where they're specific. And this is a story where Jesus heals two blind men. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind them. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. And when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. They're shouting this out loud. And look at what happens. It says, be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Can you imagine, you know, if you had been born blind and you have heard that there's a guy that's walking around named Jesus that claims to be the Son of God, that he can touch people's eyes and let them make them see. He can touch people's mouths and let them speak. He can, he can pick them up, and if they were, they were crippled, they can walk. And man, he, I mean, this guy is incredible. He's doing all kinds of miracles. And, and so they hear, they've been blind since death, and so they, they hear that he's walking by. They can't see him. And you can only imagine that maybe whenever they were growing up, they, they heard people talk about how blue the sky was today and how bright the sun was. You know, or how pretty that flower was, the red that was in it, or, you know, or the color of their, their children's eyes. You know, whatever it might have been. But all those things they'd missed out on for all these years. Man, they're sitting there going, man, I've got a chance 
I've got an opportunity, and, and Jesus is close enough that, man, let's, let's cry out. So they start crying out to him, Jesus, you know, son of David, have mercy on us. And the people are trying to shush them. They go, hey, shut up, be quiet. Can you imagine? But they got louder. They said, man, all the louder. Like, you're not holding me back. You're not going to make me stop. I have a need here. And he's the one that can meet that need. Well, that's the way it ought to be in prayer. We ought to have that mentality when we go into prayer. Nothing's going to get in the way of me going to God with my need. He will meet our needs. He may not give us every want, but he'll give us our, our, our needs. He will meet those needs. And so what an incredible picture we see here. And when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord has said, we want to see. They didn't say, you know, Jesus, you know, hey, will you help us out? You know, we've got a few needs. We've got a few physical ailments. They said, we want to see. We want to see. And so they were very specific. We want to see. We want to see. I can only imagine what it would be like to grow up blind and not being able to see any of those things that I enjoy so much. But I can, I can tell you this, I guarantee you in them, there was a desire like we probably will never know to be able to see. See, I believe that God knows in our hearts what we really desire the most. Maybe we ought to have that desire to see Him, to know Him, to learn from Him. And so one reason our prayers go unanswered because we just kind of flippantly go about prayer when really we need to upgrade that prayer to where, you know what, hey, I get to meet with the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's a big deal. Look at this, this next one. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. And then they followed Him. Wouldn't you follow Jesus? If Jesus touched your mouth and you couldn't speak and all of a sudden you could speak, wouldn't you follow Him? If Jesus could touch your eyes and all of a sudden you could see, wouldn't you follow Him? If Jesus could touch your heart and bring healing, wouldn't you follow Him? And here's the thing, He still does that. And I hope you guys hear me. He still touches mouths. He still touches eyes. He still opens up people's eyes and lets them see who they really are and what His plan and His purpose for, for their life is. See, God is still touching lives day in, day out. You heard Tony talk about that him and Wes are up at, in Gatlinburg at the Strength to Stand conference. And one of my prayers is that there are going to be kids there that will hear the gospel and they'll respond by faith and their life will be changed forever. You're talking about eyes being open, they'll be open, right? There's going to be kids that will be there, they'll be hurting for different reasons. Maybe bad home life. Maybe they're not believers. Maybe they've been abused. That God would touch them. He'd bring healing. But I also believe that God is calling out next generation leaders out of that group that's there this weekend. There's going to be somebody that he'll touch their mouth and they'll proclaim the gospel. There may be somebody sitting here, there may be somebody watching online that God is saying, hey, listen, I want you to be one who speaks my truth. I want you to be one who preaches the, the word of God. And so God is still calling preachers. He's still calling missionaries. He's still calling. And so that's what I'm saying. When we look back, he touched them and instantly changed them. But we've got to pray specific. God, are you calling me to be a part of something, God, that is not what I trained to do, but God, it's what you're calling me to do. And I believe that God is doing that where those kids are at this weekend. I'm praying that. Because we've got to have a next generation of leaders, right? Who, who will pass through the churches. Who will lead effectively and passionately. And they'll pray fervently. So we need to be praying for our next generation of leaders. Praying for God to call them out. Praying for God to, to literally protect them from this world and equip them. And then we as the church need to do our part as well. But Jesus, he had compassion. He, he felt sorry for them. He touched their eyes. Pray consistently. 
You know, we all know that there, there's, there's things that we, we, we're good at doing for a, a little while and then we fade. It's kind of like the New Year's resolutions and stuff. And you know what that might be for you. Maybe it's a, a diet. You know, a diet is something that you do for a season, but you never stick with it. But if you were to consistently change your lifestyle and begin to eat healthy, you would see the results. If you begin to exercise consistently, you would begin to see the results in your life. But what we always want to do is we want the quick fix, right? And prayer sometimes is, hey, man, I need to get in and pray now because I need something to happen. But what if we were to pray consistently? We would see an upgrade because we would be steadily and consistently meeting with God, meeting with the God of the universe. And it would be changing us. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but if there's, if there's something that you didn't want anything, like as a kid, I can remember whenever, you know, my parents would walk in the room. If I didn't want them to see something or hear something, I would try to hide it. Well, the thing is, is you might can hide some things from your parents, but you can't hide anything from God. And whatever you have going on inside of your heart, you can't hide it. He sees it. He knows. He knows everything. But he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And so I, this is what I would say. The more that we spend time in, God, in God's presence, the more that he illuminates those areas of our life. The more that we spend time in his word and he speaks to us about areas of our life that do not line up with, with scripture. Here's the thing. We become convicted over that and hopefully broken over that and moved to the place of repentance. By doing that, we grow in our relationship. We grow in strength. But we, we've got to meet with God consistently. We can't be one of those where we just pray whenever there's a crisis. We can't be one of those that we just pray whenever everything's falling apart. It's got to be consistent time with God. If you do that, that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus got up every morning and would go and meet with the Father. We claim to be followers of Christ. Let's follow his example. Now, I know some of you are already going, dude, I can't do anything until I have a cup of coffee. Well, whatever it takes to get you at your best Plan some time to meet with God. And so pray consistently. Look at what it says here in Romans. It says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on what? Praying. Keep on praying. We've got to be consistent on it. Keep on praying. There's never a time to go, hey, everything's good. Let's not worry about praying. We need to stay connected to the Father. It's our power source. It's kind of like plugging in the power. You ever, you ever trying to fix something or, or get something going and, and it just it won't work? And finally you look back and it's kind of pulled out of the outlet just a little bit. And you're like, oh, that's great. You plug it back in, all of a sudden there's power. Well, for us, in our time of prayer, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're plugging into the power source. We're meeting with God. We have to stay connected. Jesus said, I am the, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You have to stay connected. Without me, you can do nothing. Look at this here. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, and be patient with everyone. It's talking about what the church should be about here, the believers, the followers of Christ. So let's kind of unpack this a little bit. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to, to warn those who are lazy. Consider this your warning. If you're lazy and people are telling you all the time you're lazy, God's going to deal with you. I'm just telling you. He'll do something to get you up and get you going. If you're lazy with the gospel, if you're lazy with whatever, God is saying, hey, listen, man, he doesn't like it. So consider that a warning. It says, encourage those who are timid. Now, I don't think that's necessarily, hey, listen, you need to be up on the stage. You need to be up in front of people. I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's, hey, listen, you don't need to be timid with the gospel. Now, I was timid growing up. I was what you would call timid or shy. If someone spoke to me, I would do that. I would hide under my arm. My sister did the same thing. We were weird kids, I'm just saying. But if I was with my mom, I would hide behind her leg, you know, and I didn't want to be you know, I didn't want, if people spoke to me, it was just, it was just weird. And I was a weird kid. And uh, anyway, I grew up, I thought, man, I'll never get up in front of people. But God had a different plan. You know, so what I'm saying is it's not about just being timid, 
but it's about being timid with the gospel, about timid, timid with my faith. That, you know, I'm not outspoken about my faith. You, you'll get around a group of people, and if they kind of go south in their language, you go quiet in your faith. When really, maybe you ought to speak up more. I remember one time playing basketball. We were, I was at Sanford University, which was Christian college. We were all playing basketball, and this guy comes down and misses a layup. And, man, it was like, boop, boop. I mean, bad language. And it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. You know, and, and so we're, we're playing. He misses another shot or whatever, and it was just bad language. And so finally I walked over to him after the game, and we beat them, which I was determined we were going to do that. And so when I walked over to him and said, hey, listen, man, I don't know about you, but I'm a believer. I said, if you don't mind, most of these guys out here are believers. If you don't mind, can you watch the language? He goes, oh, man, I'm a Christian too. I was like, I couldn't tell. I mean, it didn't sound like it because, you know, uh, your language was so bad. And so here's what I'm saying is we, there's times we don't need to be timid. We need to be outspoken, even bold, but not to the point that you know, we're rude or mean or anything. And so here's what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't mean that you can just say, hey, the Bible says speak the truth, but it says to speak it in love. But we've got to be willing to say, you know, encourage others. Take tender care of those who are weak. Those who, you know, and that's what the, I don't know if you know this, but the medical field began with the church. It wasn't, you know, about the dollar always. It was about ministry at, at, at a season and a time. And so it was more about ministry. And so we're to care for those who are weak. It says be patient with everyone. We need that right now, don't we? We need to be patient with everyone. To see that no one pays evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Our nation needs that passage. You see, if we're spending time in prayer and we read that, we go, you know what, God, change my heart. Change what I'm thinking. Change what the media is telling me. I don't want to listen to what they're saying, God. I want to listen to this. This lasts forever. You can turn the power off on that. So we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to, help me to line it with what your word says. To, to treat people the right way. And then it says, always be joyful. Never stop what? Praying. Never stop praying. So we're to be consistent in our prayer life. Never stop praying. We don't get to a point where everything's good. We just kind of turn it off. But we're consistent in our prayers. We're consistent in our prayers. Just be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is? We just read it. And too often we have people go, man, I just want to know what God's will is. There it is. I mean, that's it. So you want to know what God's will is? I'll be praying. I'll be treating people right. I need to be you know, intentional about being joyful, choosing joy, choosing to be joyful. And so God's word is clear. He doesn't, God doesn't hide things from us. If anything, he's constantly revealing. What it is is we hide from him. And when we're not praying, we're hiding from him. And we've got to be one that God, I want, to, I want to draw close to you. It says put prayer on your schedule here. You know, one of the things that you know, I do is if I've got a meeting with someone, I put it on a calendar, I put it on a schedule. Because I'm notorious for forgetting something like that. And, and you know, and, and so if you've got a, a, an important meeting, you're going to put it on a schedule. Hopefully you'll, you'll put it on your phone, you'll put it on your laptop, or you'll put it in your daytime or whatever. Put it on your to-do list, whatever it might be. But we need to, we need to put prayer on a schedule. Everything that's important to you, you tend to put on there. You know, and, and so what, what I would suggest is saying, you know what, I'm going to schedule time for prayer. Whenever you're at your best... Whenever you can, hey, just a few minutes. And let me tell you, it doesn't have to be long prayers. I think sometimes a short prayer is more uh, effective because it's specific. Remember, we just got to talking about that in Matthew. Uh, we want to see. And so you've got to be able to say, God, help me to pray specifically. So we want to do that. So put prayer on your schedule. You know, just like Jesus got up, he did it the first thing, first thing every day. Then look at the next one here. Make a prayer list. I think a prayer list could go a long way. You know, how many guys in here do a checklist? Anybody do a checklist or do a, a, a to-do list, 
Yeah, so you guys that didn't raise your hand, y'all need to hang out with those people and you learn to be way more effective. You know what I'm saying? Because they're staying on track. They've got things to do. And a lot of times, you know, does it feel good to scratch something off? You know, yeah, I see those heads. You know, it always feels good to do that. Well, you can have a prayer list. Instead of just praying for all the, you know, starving kids in, in the world, you say, God, I want to pray for some kid by name or a ministry that feeds kids. And have a list where you're working down that list. And you're not just kind of vaguely, or any guys, whenever you're praying, your mind goes there where you're like, man, look at that bird out there. Boy, that's pretty. You know, y'all ever do that? I mean, am I the one that's ADD? Probably whatever. But here's the thing is, you know, if I'm focused and I've got a list, you know, and I'm able to go down that list, I'm able to pray for those things, it helps me to stay on task. And so maybe for you, just, you know what, I'm going to make a list. And there's plenty of lists out there. I mean, people are always posting stuff on social media. Hey, pray for my family member. Pray for my mom. There's plenty of people that are sick right now. You know, I want to pray for them. And then pray specific for them. Don't, hey, I'm praying for all the sick people that's got COVID. No, pray for the specific needs. Some of them are at different places. Pray for specifically and pray for those needs. But make a prayer list. I think that will help you to stay on, on, on track. And then here's the last one. Pray expectantly. Man, I hope when you pray, I hope you pray believing. That you believe in the God that you pray to. If you're not, you're praying to the wrong God. You're praying to the God that is capable of answering every prayer, that lines up with His will and His word. You're praying to the one who spoke everything into existence. You pray believing. You pray expectantly. You pray with excitement. The Bible talks about praying fervently, passionately. And so we pray expectantly. We don't just kind of go in there hoping. We go in there, God, I want to line up with you. I want to hear from you. And God, I'm praying for healing because I know you're a God who heals. And we begin to pray for people. God, I want your will to be done. God, I, I want you to be glorified. And we pray for that. So we pray expectantly. Look at what it says here in Philippians. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank you for what he has done. All right, so you're not worrying about things. But you are praying about things. And the more that you pray, the more that you believe. And the more that you read Scripture as you're praying, the more that you begin to understand who you're praying to. And, and, and it begins to maybe raise it on the list of priorities, the meetings for your week or for your day. More important that you meet with God than it is to meet, to meet with your boss. Maybe even a customer or a client. But you say, you know what, God, I want to meet with you first. Now, I don't know about you, but I like meeting with God you know, early, some people can't do it. I understand that, you know, your night hours. But I'll just say this, you know, I like to get, get directions before I go somewhere rather than after I'm lost. And sometimes I think people kind of get into the day and then they're going, God, I need you to save me. I need you to help me find my you know, direction. But maybe if we'd have met with him early and said, God, I need you to show me how to handle this relationship. I need you to show me how to handle this conversation on the front end and spend time in his word on the front end. We might have been well, a little bit better prepared going in there. Look what it says here in Hebrews. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. There's belief again. We've got to know what we believe. And one of the ways that we grow in our wisdom and our knowledge of what we believe is by spending time in God's Word. And so the more that I spend time in God's Word and I begin to understand who He is, how He works, and what He blesses, man, I'm able to line up with Him. I know His will. We just got through reading His will, right? And so the more that I read that, the more that I line up with that. And so let us hold firmly to what we believe. This, is, this, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. 
So everything that we deal with, everything that we face, you know, abandonment. You know what? Jesus was abandoned. Beatings. He took beatings. It doesn't matter what you deal with. He understands that. And he can relate to that. But he was without sin, so he was able to guide us through it. So let us, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we find grace to help us when we need it most. So when we bring our sins, our transgressions, and we say, God, I confess this to you. This is sin in my life. He covers it with his mercy, with his grace. He covers it with his mercy and with his grace. Now, if we try to hide that sin, it says he will bring it out into the light for all to see. But, man, if we will confess it and we will repent, he'll wash it away. And it'll be as far as the east is from the west. And he'll, he'll say, what do, you want to, what do you want to talk about? And we get to converse with the God of the universe. That's mind-boggling. Here's a couple of next steps. It says, ask God to reveal any sin so that I can pray with a pure heart. See, most of us don't have to ask that question, but there may be some of you in here that you go, man, I can't think of anything. Well, ask God to reveal it. And He will reveal it through the reading of His Word. He will reveal it by His Holy Spirit. We'll kind of almost put a finger on it or kind of circle it and say, hey, how you treated this person this week, that was sin. How you thought about this person this week, that's sin. You know, there is also the sin of omission where we don't do what we know to do. The fact that we don't meet and, and spend time with God in prayer, that's sin to, to me because Jesus has made it clear it's what we should be doing. We've seen over and over where Scripture says, never stop praying, but if you have, that would be sin. So God, forgive me for giving up on this or walking away from this or not doing this. And so we need to ask God, God, show me so I can pray with a pure heart. Here's the next one. Schedule an appointment with God daily on my calendar. You know, you can take out your phone. You can do it right now. Say, you know what? I'm going to meet with God every day at this time for 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it might be. But I'm going to meet with Him. And it's going to be a priority. And maybe you ought to say, you know what? I'm going to set a few alerts to make sure that I don't miss that. But you schedule that time. Here's the last one. Pray God's Word. God's Word never returns void. It always accomplishes its task. And so whenever you pray, you begin to pray Scripture. And if you want to know if you're praying in alignment with God's Word, God's will, then you read His Word. The more that you pray Scripture, the more that you know. You know what? I'm lined up with God. I'm in alignment. We, we're on the same page. And so whenever you're praying that way, you can pray boldly and confidently, right? You can pray believing because, you know what? I'm lined up with Scripture. And I want to ask you, if you would, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and what this is, this is a time of prayer. But for many of you, it's a time of inspection, going, God, I want you to search my heart. God, I want you to search me and show me, if, is there anything offensive in me? Is there sin that I'm holding on to? And like I said, most of us, we don't have to ask that. We already know it's there. But it's time to take ownership of it. And here's the thing. is to confess it and then give it away. Give it back to God. Repent of it. Turn it over. Lay it down. Leave it behind. And say, God, I need your help to move forward and he'll help you. There may be some of you in this room that you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never received Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. You have never accepted Christ. You've been in church your whole life. You think, hey, man, I've been a Christian my whole life, but you've never put your faith in Jesus for salvation. Today could be the day of salvation for you. And maybe for you, the prayer that you need to pray is the, the sinner's prayer, the prayer of redemption. It's God's favorite prayer of all. If one will call on him to be saved, it's his favorite prayer because you become a part of the family of God. You become a child of God, not just a creation of God, but a child of God. You're adopted into his family. And he 
He loves the prayer of the lost. And so if you put your faith in Christ today, man, we want to know. I want to walk you through that just right where you're at. You can just pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that God the Father literally provided the way of salvation through you. And so, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you. I'm asking you to come into my life. Will you forgive me of my sins because I've committed many? I want to repent of them. I want to turn to you. And he will wash you white as snow. He will cleanse you. And you become a child of God. Maybe for you, just like me, maybe like I was when I was 19 years old, that finally clicked. And it went from being me trying to figure it out to me putting my faith in Christ and surrendering. If you did, we want to know. We want to know. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I thank you that you want to meet with us every day, that we have an opportunity and the incredible privilege of boldly approaching your throne in prayer. God, help us to be a people of prayer, a church of prayer. God, where we, we, we literally pray for our community, we pray for our nation specifically, and God, we, we do everything we can to serve it, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, we pray that you'd give us wisdom how to spend the money that was given for the big gift to be a blessing to ministries and to spread the good news, the gospel. God, we pray for your wisdom in that. And God, we pray that you would use us this week. Draw us closer. Father, thank you for being willing to meet with us at all. But God, I pray that as we meet with you, we would be intentional about meeting with others so that we can tell them about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, what an incredible message. One of the most powerful things that we can do.